reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom, Yedidim, my friends and beloved ones. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, we're unearthing today what faith really is as we continue our study in the book of Romans. I mean, everybody knows the word faith, but I think if we're, if we're honest with ourselves and we ask ourselves, well, you say the word faith, but, but what do you mean by that? I think a lot of us would probably pause for a second and say, well, what, what do I mean by that? What exactly do I mean when I say faith? Right. What's your thought about that? You know, in my life, faith has been something that just continues to develop. And there's like layers upon layers upon layers of, of faith and the revelation of what it means and, and the depth of experiencing faith. It's just, it's really through the experiences that we have with God through our life that we develop. You know, it starts as, as small as a mustard seed and and then it comes more and more. It's like it's this trust that has to be developed in this unseen God. And as we see him over and over working in our life, then we can develop this, this seed of faith becomes bigger and bigger, that seed of trust. Right, that's beautiful, honey. And that's what opens the door for our relationship because if we don't believe that God loves us, we're not gonna be able to connect with him. Yeah. So pay attention. I hope that you're blessed by today's show. Baruch Hashem, glory to God, bless the name of the Lord. I'm in the forest of Colorado. And the reason that I'm here is because I believe I can connect with the Lord sometimes in a special way through nature, through his creation. You know, God emanates his reality into the world in many different ways. And one of the way God releases his glory into the earth is through his creation. This is why Paul said in the book of Romans that God's invisible attributes and eternal glory are clearly seen through what he's been made. And this is why, as I said in some of the earlier shows, Yeshua would oftentimes go to a lonely place deep into nature to commune with the Lord. That's why I'm here. And while I'm here, I'm also, beloved, going on a journey through the book of Romans with you. This is now season three in a series that I'm calling Journeying Through the Book of Romans. This is the second episode in season three. I wanna pick up today on this concept of faith because in the earlier broadcast, I've been talking about how it is that faith opens our hearts and brings us into a true relationship with Hashem, our creator. But many of us are a bit foggy as to what actually faith is. I mean, we many of us have been taught that by grace we've been saved through faith and that God has saved us on the basis of faith in Jesus. But did you ever stop to consider what does exactly faith mean? What is faith? We know that faith has to do with believing, but how does faith save us? How does believing save us? Somehow, you can compare it to this illustration. If you don't trust somebody, you cut that person off from your life. You can't receive that person. But if you trust that person, then your heart is open to receive what that person wants to give you. And through faith, through opening up our heart, 
were able to receive, listen now, God's grace. So Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, by grace, we've been saved through faith. We really want to think about this. How is it that we're saved? Because so far in the book of Romans, the whole point has been up to this point in the journey that we're not saved by works. Our own goodness can save us, save us, but we can save, be saved by faith. Faith in God's goodness. Faith in the fact that he'll do what he said he's going to do. Faith that causes us to believe so much that we'll actually obey him when he tells us to do something. So let's take this apart once again. What is faith and how does faith save us? Faith is believing somebody in the most positive sense of the word. And because we believe, we open up our heart. So how then does believing in God save us? Because when we believe in God and open up our heart to him, he's able then to pour his grace, his unmerited favor into our life and to do for us what he wants to do because we'll receive it. This is why Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door of his heart and lets me in, I'm going to save him. I'm going to have fellowship with him and redeem him. So think about this foundational verse, this primary verse, once again, from the book of Ephesians in relationship to this. Paul said, by grace, you've been saved through faith. How do they work together? By faith, we open up our heart and receive God's grace. Now, I love this explanation of faith that ties into the scripture that I'm going to read for you in just a moment. Think of faith this way. Faith is the confident expectation that what you are hoping for will manifest. And so when God said to Abraham, Abraham, follow me and I'm going to do this, even though Abraham couldn't see God and what God had said he was going to do, had it yet manifested, Abraham had a confident expectation that what God said he was going to do would, in fact, become visible in reality. Let me say it another way. We can't see God. We don't visibly see him. But faith believes God, either what he tells us in his written word or what we feel the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart. We believe what the Lord says to us with a confident expectation that what we're believing God for will visibly manifest. Let's see now how what I just said is illustrated in the Word of God. We're picking up where we left off last time. We're in the book of Romans, chapter number four, and I'm looking here today at verse number 19. Now remember, as we approach verse 19, God had made a promise to Abraham. God said to Abraham, remember I spoke about this in, in Genesis, God said to Abraham, through your seed, Avraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And so Avraham understood that, that through his physical lineage, through his son, Abraham knew there'd be a lineage that would continue to unfold that would bless all the nations of the earth. But remember that Avraham and his covenant wife, Sarah, or Sarai, could not conceive. 
And finally, their entire lives just about had gone by in terms of their lives where they had a natural scientific ability to bear children. 199 years old, well, one 199 years old approximately. They're past the age of childbearing. Physically, both of them no longer were biologically able to have children. And when they're at this place of no longer being able to bring forth children to the world in the natural, the Lord appears to Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre. And he tells Avraham in Genesis 18, Avraham, he said, at this time next year, your wife is going to have a child. You're going to bear that son, that one that you've been believing for, that one that you knew was going to come when I said to you, through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. But you know what? Sarah didn't believe it. She laughed. But Abraham was still believing. And so with that in mind, we pick up in the fourth chapter in verse number 19 here. Hear the word of God. Without becoming weak in faith, we're speaking of Abraham here, and we're speaking of him believing the promise that he was going to have a child, even though he was past the age of childbearing, could no longer produce the, uh, what was naturally needed to produce a child. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, as it related to childbearing, since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. I mean, both of them were as good as dead as it related to having children. And yet, yet, despite the natural, despite what he saw, he didn't become weak in faith. So it says in the next verse, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. So do you see how what we just read ties into the definition of faith that I just shared with you? That faith is the confident expectation that what we're hoping for, that which God said that we're hoping for, will manifest. It didn't appear that there was any hope of the natural, but Abraham held onto the promise of God and he didn't become weak in faith when the visible world contradicted what he was hoping for, but the contradiction actually strengthened his faith. It's like when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Abraham's faith actually rose to the next level. So I want to encourage you today. You may be believing for something to happen in your life that's according to God's word that truly is rooted in the heart of God. I want to encourage you, church, just keep believing. Think about Avraham. His faith was tested too. His faith was tested too. And he's the father of us all. He's the father of all those that believe. So don't let the visible world destroy your faith in God's promise. Hang on and you will be rewarded for your faith and what you're hoping for that's rooted in the heart of God. It will manifest. There's a healing anointing right now that's flowing out of my fingertips. It's the spirit of the living God. Take it right now.
I saw someone healed. Guess what happened? Immediately when Rabbi came in, he says the same thing like, if you are here in this meeting and you cannot hear. How many of you tonight are deaf in one ear? Can you come in front? One was a child, a very young child. What's happened, Bishop? This little one could not hear this right ear. Yeah. And after prayer, yeah. the ear is open. She couldn't hear it with one ear. You know, a child, you cannot put words in the mouth of a child to say. The child came and said, I wasn't hearing. I used to have a problem of my one ear. But now I can hear. Could she tell us what happened? What is she she feels she has been healed. There's no pain. There's no pain. Where did it hurt at? Right there? And it's all gone? The pain's all gone? Yes. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. As we grow closer to our Savior's return, there are still millions who have not experienced Him, from Africa to Israel and every corner of the earth. But Rabbi Schneider, through all forms of media and on-the-ground crusades, is reaching the world with inspirational teaching from a Jewish perspective, equipping the church, evangelizing the lost, and pouring into the lives of pastors and leaders around the globe. This could not happen without you, because you are an integral part in sending Him. Is God calling you to help Rabbi proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth? Give at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credit to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake only was it written and it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. And so what is being said here is Abraham is an example of how to walk and how to live and how to keep on hanging on to God's promise even when circumstances would contradict what we're believing for and the devil would like to use the circumstances to cause us to let go of God's promises, to fall into unbelief and to be defeated. So first of all, Paul is saying here that this story of Abraham that's being shared now, it's not just for Abraham's sake, it's for our sake because he's the father of us all. This is how we ought to live. We can't be controlled by the circumstances. Many of you know that sometimes as soon as you believe God for something, circumstantially, the exact opposite happens. The devil wants to throw you, but your faith is being tested. And through the testing of your faith, as we hang on to the Lord and his promises through difficulty, our faith becomes stronger and we really end up being flames of fire in the Lord, masters of breakthrough, the scripture calls us. But secondly, what Paul is saying here is that this faith that we have is rooted in King Jesus who rose from the dead. And when our faith is rooted in the one that rose from the dead, we are going to rise with him and overcome the world. And so Paul concludes this chapter by saying, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. There's a twofold dimension here that Paul is highlighting. Remember, beloved, what we're 
doing is we're looking at what is solid doctrine. What's solid doctrine? What was Paul preoccupied with communicating? What did he want to tell the church? And what we're looking at, this is the primary message that God has given to the world, not the message that we're often hearing today on Christian programming and and different uh, sources from different multimedia platforms, which is a different gospel. It's a gospel of the now. It's the gospel that God just is here on earth to bless us with the things of the world. That was not what primarily Paul was concerned with. He was concerned with what he's sharing with us in this book. And what he's telling us now is that our faith in Jesus accomplishes two things for us. Number one, he was crucified for our atonement so that our sin would be forgiven, so that we wouldn't be judged by the wrath of God for the evil that we've done and even the evil in our soul that we need to be washed of. But secondly, Paul said that Jesus was raised. He wasn't just crucified. He was raised. That's why Paul said he determined to know nothing else but Jesus crucified, raised, and ascended to heaven. That was his primary message, that Yeshua has been crucified, buried, raised, and now sits at the right hand of God. And what that means to you and I is that our sins are forgiven. Our old life has passed away. There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And because Yeshua was raised, we once and for all stand before God with our sins forgiven, holy and blameless before him in love. And so Paul says once again, he was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Therefore, chapter five, verse one, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The real question is, beloved one, do you and I have peace with God? Have we really taken it to heart that we are not under condemnation? Do we really believe that God loves us and accepts us and sees us as blameless right now because of what Jesus has done? Listen to this verse again. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but practically speaking, I need to be more aware of that on a daily and hourly basis. Because what Paul is saying here is that God is looking at you and me through the eyes of what Jesus has done for us. And because we're in him, because we're in Jesus, because we're in the Son, in Him, the Scripture says, speaking to you and I, in Him, you have redemption and the forgiveness of your sin through His blood. And you and I, sometimes, we don't live in this sense of being, uh, being before God in such a way that God takes joy over us, that He's singing over us, that He loves us. Instead, what happens oftentimes is that we sometimes uh, we, we feel accused. We feel, uh, we feel ashamed, just like Adam and Eve. When they sinned in the garden, what happened? They felt ashamed. 
And so they tried to cover themselves with the fig leaves. They felt ashamed about who they were. They tried to cover themselves and they felt isolated from God. They began to run from him. So sometimes you and I, we have forgiveness of sin in Jesus. We're justified before him. Paul said we have peace with God, but instead of really appropriating that truth, instead what we do is we feel guilty and ashamed and wicked. And today, God wants to challenge you and I to have faith in his love for us and how he sees us as those that are blameless before him because we're in Jesus so that we can have peace with God all the time in this life. Yes, there'll be times when the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin because he's cleansing us, but we need to know that there is no condemnation on us in the Lord. And I speak to you right now. You may be sitting listening to this broadcast, just feeling ashamed and, 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 and convicted, but not godly conviction, conviction from the devil. You may feel ashamed and convicted. You may feel dirty before God. But listen what Paul said. We have been justified by faith. And because of this, he said, we have peace with God for our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're right now just have been in a state of feeling ashamed and broken and defeated and accused, but yet you love Jesus, I want to encourage you just to get on your knees right now and say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Forgive me for not believing your word. I believe that Jesus, because of what you did for me, because of what you've done when you died on the cross and shed your blood for me and then rose from the dead and now are seated at the Father's right hand, I believe, Yeshua, that because of you alone, I am justified before God. And that, Father God, you have peace with me now and I have peace with you that the sin barrier has been taken away, that there's no block in your love for me, that you have compassion on me and that you understand my weakness and my frailty. So Father, from this day forward, I desire to stand before you as one that knows I'm forgiven, as one that knows that you're rejoicing over me, as one that knows that you're happy about me and singing over me because I'm in Jesus and Jesus has taken away the sin that separated from me in the past, you from I in the past. So Father, I thank you today. I receive your word. And I right now commit myself to the best of my ability to live before you every day, enjoy dancing, knowing I am fully accepted in you, that I'm accepted in the beloved, that I have peace with you now, God, forever, and that Jesus, because of you, I'm going to heaven. And if you're watching right now, and you've never given your life to Jesus, you can do that right now and be forgiven for your sin. Beloved, when I examine myself under the light of God's Spirit, I'm challenged by the life of Abraham. Abraham entered into the fullness of God's blessing by surrendering Isaac, whom the scriptures call his only son. What a total 
act of surrender and sacrifice. What that teaches me is if I'm going to enter into the fullness of what God has for me, I also need to live a surrendered lifestyle. The rubber meets the road oftentimes in this area with our finances. Many of God's children are not fully surrendered to Him in the area of their finances. Beloved, let's trust Him. Let's honor Him. And let's give Him what is due from the first fruits of our wealth. If the Lord is using Discovering the Jewish Years to bless you, and you feel the Holy Spirit knocking at the door of your heart to present an offering to Father God through this ministry, beloved, just be obedient, and when you do, you'll open your heart for Father to pour His blessing into your life. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yahweh, 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 the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Messiah, discovering the Jewish Jesus, reaching Israel and the world. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi discusses how our faith in Messiah Jesus is justified and that we can rejoice in the hope of the Lord. Tune in to this encouraging episode.